Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 8. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Well, in John chapter 9, verse 22, it tells us that the Jews had already decided that if anyone had anything to do with Jesus, he was to be put out of the synagogue. But Jairus is facing a situation, saints, listen, Jairus is facing a situation that religion is inadequate to help him. Don't you understand? Jairus' little girl, His only little girl, 12 years old, is dying. And the only one that can help him is Jesus. This powerful, prominent, prosperous, influential man put everything on the line, his pride, his dignity, his career, to come to Jesus. Did you get that? This man comes to Jesus because he has a need. Saints, listen, nothing wrong with coming to Jesus because you have a need. How many of us have ever heard people say, I don't want to come to Jesus because I have a need and I just don't want to come just because I need something? Don't you understand? Sometime God will allow you to, matter of fact, God will be sure to put you in a place of need so that, and religion can't help you, mommy can't help you, daddy can't help you, money can't help you, nothing can help you but Jesus. He put you in that situation to drive you to him. And that's why we got to be careful about who we help. Did you hear me? You got to be careful about who you help because sometimes, you know, we're Christians and we love people and we want to help people and we want to be a blessing. But sometimes God is trying to work in that person. They're in a bad situation. You just need to be prayerful. Because God is trying to work in that person because God has put them in that situation. And if you help them, then you are getting in the way of God. So you got to be prayerful and careful about who you help. You know, God will many, many times, God puts you in situations, allows you pain, allows you suffering, allows you trial to drive you to him. You know, it was C.S. Lewis who said it best. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Isn't that true? God has gotten a lot of people's attention through suffering. Notice in verse 43 in your Bible. So Jairus comes to Jesus, desperate, heartbroken. He asked Jesus to come to his house. Mark chapter five again tells us while they are going, a multitude of people followed and a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years comes. Mark also tells us that she had spent all she had and was no better off but she got worse. Now this is frustrating because I'm no doctor, 
But I know that if you lose a certain amount of blood, you start feeling cold. You start feeling dizzy and lightheaded. So she goes to the doctor and he's trying various things and they keep giving you more pills and giving you more bills. And then you continue with more ills. Wasn't that good? I thought that was great. And nothing is helping. Now get this, in the Talmud, the Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D, the Talmud is a book of Jewish writings, and there's a whole page in the Talmud directed or dedicated for a woman who had a problem with her menstrual cycle. It says that if you're having a problem, get this, you were to take an ostrich egg and burn it, take the ashes and put them in a linen cloth, and if it was winter... You were to put them in your snow boots. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all are like, what? I didn't know they had snow boots. No, if it was winter, you were to put them in this cotton rag and then you were to use it. And it would produce a healing effect. And if that didn't work, the Talmud said that you should take a barley seed that was found in the dung of a white female donkey and insert the seed and it should heal. I know. Only that half of the room got it. Oh, y'all, y'all are. That's gross. She's tried everything, but nothing is working. Now, if you've been here on Wednesday night with Pastor Johnny, you know Leviticus chapter 15, the Jewish law said, if a woman were to bleed past her normal time of the month, she was considered unclean and anything she touches is defiled. She was placed outside the camp. She couldn't be around her husband, her children, her family, her friends. She couldn't go to church. If she sat on a chair, it was considered unclean and had to be ceremonially cleansed. If she touched a wall, the wall was considered unclean. And then when the, blow, the, the, the flow of blood ended, she had to offer a sin and trespass offering. I mean, think about this. 12 years without a hug. 12 years without your kids touching you. 12 years without anybody looking at you with any respect. This woman was hopeless and she was a physical, emotional, financial mess for 12 years. And so she hears about Jesus. And she's probably thinking, here's my chance. So she makes her way through the crowd in stealth because she's not supposed to be near anyone. She's unclean. And she's thinking in her heart, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Are y'all with me? Can I just touch? If I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the border of his clothes, I know I would be healed. I know I would be healed. Look at verse 44. She came behind him. She came, details. She came behind him and touched the border of his garment. And at that moment, something happened in her and something happened in Jesus. When she touched him, virtue or power went out of him. And not only did the woman touch his garment, but she also touched his heart. Saints, listen, we can learn something here. If you want to touch from Jesus, you will be touched by Jesus. When you come to church, listen, you should come to church. I've told you this. I don't know how many weeks in a row. Every week. When you come to church, You come to church to be touched by Jesus. You come to church with intent. 
Do you know how many people do not come to church with intent? They come to church because it's Sunday. And this is what we do. They don't come to church to hear what God has to say. Some people come to church because they want to kind of punch their card. I know nobody here. I'm just talking. They want to just punch their card and, oh, yeah, I went to church. The whole time you're in church, you're thinking about what you have to do after church. Again, nobody here. Don't take it personal. Or what you had to do today or what you did yesterday. When you come to church, you got to come to church with intent. Because if you don't come to church with intent to hear from the Lord and to touch Jesus, let me tell you something, you will leave the same way you came. You understand? But if you come to church and say, God, I want to hear from you. God, I want you to touch my heart. God, I want you to change my life. I want to hear a word from you, not from Pastor Rodney. I want to hear a word from you. When you ask God, God, I want to hear a word from you, guess what? You will hear a word from him. Because the Bible says he is a rewarder of those who diligently He will always touch you. You don't come to church for any other reason. That's why people come to church and they've been coming to church for 20 years and they ain't no different than the day they started. Because they don't come to church to get anything from the Lord. You don't come to church for your friends. Did you hear me? You don't come to church for your friends. Some people are like, church is not a social network. Well, whoever got that idea, don't, don't misunderstand me. Social things happen at church. Because we are the body of Christ and we love each other and we like to hang out. Because I'm a Jesus freak. I'm a fellowship junkie. Can I get a witness? I'm a, Pastor Rodney, I love fellowship. But I don't come to church for that reason. That is a byproduct of my relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a byproduct of coming to hear the word of God. If you seek the Lord and you say, no matter what, I got to get to Jesus. That's the way to come to church. Come to church with your heart, not just with your mind. God will meet you every time you're here. And if you don't, you will leave sorely disappointed. We got to move on. So there's a crowd of people around. Jesus felt something leave his body. So he asked, who touched me? Look at verse 45. I love this. Verse 45. When all denied it, Jesus said, who touched me? And everybody went, I don't know. And even the woman was standing there. She goes, not me. I'm. She didn't, everybody denied it. And, and Peter, don't you love Peter? I love Peter. I love Peter. I love Peter. Peter gives me hope. <laughs> ten people. Ten. I love Peter. Peter says, Lord, duh. How can you ask that question? Everybody's touching you. It's like walking around in India. Y'all know that population is dense. China, India, the population is dense. You, there's no square, there's no such thing as your personal space. Y'all U.S. people, everybody in the U.S., we got, we, got, we got it all wrong. We got used to our personal space. You get on the elevator, what do you do? If there's one person on the elevator, you stand on the other side. Yeah, yeah, human behavior, isn't that true? You stand on, why? Because you're used to your personal, in India, you get on the elevator, you're the only one standing on there, somebody gets on the elevator too, they stand right next to you. 
and then they move closer. <laughs> like, there's no such thing as personal space. Everybody's on top of everybody. So there's thousands of people gathered around. And, and, and Jesus says, who touched me? Peter says, how can you ask that question, who touched me? There's so many people around. Jesus said, somebody touched me because I felt power go out of me. Mark chapter 5, verse 32 tells us that Jesus turned and he looked at her. And he said, somebody touch me. So she knew she couldn't hide. Saints, real quick, don't you know, you can't hide from Jesus. There's no point in lying to the Lord. Why do we do that? Lord, I tell you, if you get me out of this situation, God, I will. I know, I'll serve you. I'll go to church every Sunday. I'll even do it. Pastor Ryan said, I'll go to church my heart. I won't even look at my watch the whole time I'm there, Lord. If you just... God knows. Don't try to hide from the Lord. Don't try to lie to the Lord. He knows. This woman couldn't hide. She, she probably, she comes trembling and she falls down before him. And she said, I was the one that touched you and I was healed immediately. In verse 48, go ahead and look at it. Jesus said, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. If you're taking notes, you write this down. In the New Testament, this is the only place where Jesus calls a woman daughter. A woman daughter is a term of endearment. This is like Jesus saying, honey, sweetheart, sweetie, baby. Jesus said, be of good cheer, not cheer up. I want you to notice the split second drama here, guys, as our attention is turned back to Jairus, as Jairus is standing there thinking, remember this woman, remember Jairus is the one who approached Jesus first. Are y'all with me? And then this woman comes in and Jairus is probably standing there thinking, what is up with this lady? She cut the line like the woman at Panera. (laughs) I can't believe this. She's standing. (laughs) Now, listen, if it's your first time here, you're not laughing because you don't know what we're talking about. But there's a story there. But Jairus, remember, he's probably standing there thinking, got his arms folded, tapping his foot, looking at his watch. He's thinking, uh, Jesus, why are you stopping? My daughter's at home dying and you're worrying about people touching you. Mark's gospel tells us this woman, she came to Jesus and she told him, I can pass around and can relate to this. She told him the whole story. <laughs> the whole story she told him. And Jairus is probably standing there thinking, he's saying, listen, speaking of daughters, because he's listening to the story too. <laughs> speaking of daughters, I have a daughter. And yes, she's been bleeding for 12 years, but my daughter is 12 years old and she's dying. And while he's complaining, please look at verse 49. He is interrupted with the news. Your daughter is dead. And dad is thinking, my daughter died without me. She died alone. I wasn't there. He's probably thinking, I've given up everything to follow this Jesus. My home, my career, I'm going to be excommunicated from the synagogue. And the thing that I love the most is gone now. This is what I get for following Jesus. Perhaps he was thinking, but Jairus, to him, this looked like disastrous delay. Look at verse 50. Jesus said, Jairus, don't be afraid. Only believe she will be made well. 
Jesus went in and he didn't allow anyone except Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother of the girl. Everyone is weeping. Now listen, in those days, saints, give me your attention. In those days, there were these people and they were professional mourners. You could look through the yellow pages and look up weepers and mourners, call the number, make an appointment. A whole group of people would come to your funeral ceremony. And when you said, okay, time to start crying. They would, wah, wah. So Jesus comes up and they're wailing. And when the Jewish people cry, they, they cry, they cry y'all. They're not like, oh, oh, oh. no, they're like, wow, oh my God, oh. that's my impression. So these wailers and these mourners and these weepers are at this funeral. Some are sincere and some of them are getting paid. Jesus said, don't cry. She's not dead, but she's sleeping. And then in verse 53, they ridiculed him. Did you look, look at that? Look at it. Verse 53. In other words, they laughed him to scorn. Why? Because these guys were professional mourners. They were probably there. This was probably their fourth mourning ceremony of the day. But they didn't know what Jesus was talking about. You see, Jesus said she isn't dead. She's asleep. Like Christians don't die. We go to sleep. Did you hear me? Christians go to sleep. Some of y'all want to go to sleep now, don't you? (laughs) But you don't want to die. But Christians, we don't die. We live forever. We go to sleep. Look at verse 54. They mock, they scorn, they ridicule, and note, what did Jesus do? He put them out. That is very important. You know what? Sometime when the wrong folk are around you, you have to put them out. In Jesus' name. I say, get out, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, love you, mean it, bye. You got to put them out. You know, it's very difficult for scorners who are in your house, mockers. It's very difficult for mockers and scorners to be in the church. You know, it's Proverbs 22.10. It says, drive out the mockers and the strife will cease. Isn't that interesting? I remember some years back, we were started our church 14 years ago in the trailer. And at that point, many of you know my story. God led me here through visions and dreams. Not saying that tritely, it really was. Through visions, God spoke to me clearly. And when I got here, we were meeting in a double car garage trailer in Morrisville off Highway 55, Carpenter Fire Station Road. Some of y'all know where it is. Off this little street called Sanger, Sanger Road. And I was at church one day, sitting in the sanctuary, praying. And I had a vision. And behind me, on we built this little platform. We carpeted the place and put chairs in there. We built a little platform and behind the platform, the pulpit was these three windows. In the vision, I was looking out of those three windows and the the property was about three acres. I could look out all throughout the property and I could see people, black people, white people, all kinds of people standing in twos all over the property. 
Just standing in twos. It's no wonder this church looks like this because God already showed me. So standing in twos all over the property, then in the vision, I'm still in the vision. I come back into the sanctuary and we had these speakers that we used for a sound system and they were big box speakers like that. And they were actually on the floor in the sanctuary and I could see inside those speakers and in those speakers, they were full of money and checks. And that's why we don't take up an offering here at Calvary Chapel. We put the boxes on the back wall because God showed me, God spoke to me. I told my wife when I woke up or came to, I told my wife, I wrote it down in my journal. God told me this church would never lack people and this church would never lack for money. God told me that. So there was a guy that was with us. And he was doing the accounting of his checks and all of that stuff. And I told him, man, I was excited. I was like, man, I had this vision. It was like amazing. God told me we're never going to lack money. God's going to take care of everything. So the next week, the next week, the next Sunday's offering was $58. (laughs) Now I'm starting to think, was that a vision or was that taco? Pepsi, A.D., I need something, something, something's not right. So this guy comes to me after collecting the offering and accounting for the money. He says, he says, well, this week's offering was $58. He says, yeah, what about that vision God showed you? It's been 14 years. I still remember that. And because it hurts. Somebody ever say something to you that hurt you that you never forget? That's why you got to watch your tongue. Because some things, it's true. Because sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Who ever said that? That's just not true. That hurt, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt. And I had to put out the scorner. Amen. So let the church say amen. amen. Needless to say, he is no longer with us. I mean, I don't know if he's on the planet or not. I mean, with the church. But, but sometimes you just have... <laughs> People were scorning. We better move forward. Look at verse 54. Notice Jesus took the girl by the hand and he... Look, details... Verse 54, he took her by the hand and called her. Did you get me? Call her from where? To where? He called her from the spiritual realm into the earthly realm. He said, little girl, arise, or in the Greek language, Talitha Kumai, which means damsel arise. And then her spirit came back and she arose. Saints, listen, the same thing that happened to the girl is the same thing that's going to happen to us. Romans chapter eight, verse 11. You might want to write that down. The same spirit that Jesus raised from the dead, that raised Jesus from the dead will also raise your mortal body by the spirit. You will get up from the grave by the spirit. Somebody once called it the great getting up morning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That great getting up. Someday God's going to raise you from the dead, just like he raised this little girl. And notice some interesting contrast as we wrap it up. Some interesting contrast here between these two people. Jairus was an important officer in the synagogue, and the woman was a nobody. 
Jairus had prestige and resources and the woman had nothing. Jairus came pleading for his daughter. The woman came pleading with her own need. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. The woman was sick for 12 years. Jairus' need was public and the woman's need was private. But there's one thing that put them on equal plane and put them on equal level. And that is they both needed Jesus. You know, Jesus here, listen, this delay wasn't just for the woman. It was also for Jairus. Jairus, listen, needed to see what Jesus did in the life of this woman to prepare him for what would happen next when he hears the news about his dead daughter. You see, Jesus always has a plan. Let the church say amen. Amen. And the plan for Jairus was for him to see that Jesus could heal this woman so that he would be able, so that he knows, so that Jairus knows that Jesus is able and quite capable of healing his daughter. God always has a plan. God is never late. Somebody say amen. God is never early. He's always on time. You know that. Jesus never forgets. He never says, I can't believe I forgot that. He never says, oh, I'm sorry, I woke up late. I got caught in traffic. Sorry, I'm late. Jesus never says, I completely slipped my mind. He's always in control. God never failed. I've told you before, if God fails you, you will be the first. Because he never fails. And he always, always is doing things for our good and for his glory. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.